tinsel marks on a world I wasn't always this tall You scattered some monsters from beneath my bed You watched my team win You watched my team lose You watched when my bicycle went down again when I was weak, unable to speak, still I could call you by name. And I said, elbow healer, superhero, come if you can. And you said I Life is so mean What kind of curfew is at 10 p.m.? You saw my mistakes And watched my heart break Heard when I swore I'd never love again When I was weak Unable to speak Still I could call you by name And I said Heartache healer Secret keeper Be my best friend And you said I am Saw me wear white by pale candlelight. I said forever to what lies ahead. To kids and a dream with kids that can scream. Too much it might seem when it's 2 a.m. And when I was Unable to speak Still I could call you by name Oh shepherd, savior, passion maker Hold on to my hand And you say I am The winds of change Circumstance below in and all around us So we find a foothold that's familiar And bless the moments that we feel you nearer When life had begun I was woven and spun you let the angels dance round the throne And who can say when But they'll dance again When I am free and finally headed home 
Thank you, Tinsley. What a wonderful, wonderful message and music there. I'm going to be uh, moving kind of around from here to, to there today. Uh, so part of the time I will have my backs to some of you, but I will try to uh, get to you sooner or later. Uh, as you know, over the past uh, four weeks, we've been talking about <clears throat> a God in the workplace. And we began by talking about some of the ways that we can honor God with our lives and, and with our careers. And we talked about the importance of living a balanced life and, and making room for, for work and for rest, for fun, for family and for God. Then we talked about the fruit of our labor, which is our money. We talked about um, how to manage our money. And by the way, several folks have already asked me about how to automate your giving to church, and uh, they, they've asked some questions about that. So if you have questions about that, please give me a call. I'll be glad to, uh, to talk with you about that. But then last week we talked about um, the, the greatest um, stress producer at work, which is difficult people. And all of these things have to do with the here and now. Uh, so today we're going to take a look forward by looking at how I can make my life count for something that will have a lasting impact after I'm gone. In my backyard, uh, just off of my deck there, there's a small section of concrete that has a handprint in it. And the initials E.G., the year 9-90. Now... Obviously, someone wanted to leave something of themselves behind that would be there long after they were gone. And sure enough, it's still there, 18 years later. But let me ask you something. How many of your initials can be found in a section of concrete somewhere today? Uh-huh, I thought so. <laughs> uh it, 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 or maybe it's not concrete. Maybe your initials can be found in, in the bark of a tree or maybe on a park bench or a school desk or something like that. Maybe it's JP plus CT, love, true love forever. You ever done something like that? No, no. I bet you have, Terry Womack. <laughs> 
But have you ever, have you ever thought about why you've done something like that? For most of us, we just want to be remembered. We want to leave something behind. Well, that's not the best kind of legacy to leave behind, but it's one reason that someone would etch their initials in cement. But today we want to talk about our legacy in a different way. What is a legacy, anyway? What is a legacy? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines legacy as something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor. A legacy is something that is left behind, something that goes on after you are gone. It could be a possession. It could be a child. It could be your fame. It could be your initials and cement. Anything that you leave to the world after you are gone, that's your legacy. And most of us, I think if we are honest, we want to leave behind some kind of lasting legacy. We want to our lives to count for something. We want to be remembered. So how do we leave a legacy? What determines what kind of legacy we leave behind? Well, there are three questions that I think we need to ask if we want to determine what our legacy will be. And the first question that I want us to ask ourselves is, what do I do? What do I do? And if you, if you want to know what kind of legacy you're going to leave behind, you need to ask this question, what do I do? And the reason why is because your actions matter. Now, sometimes the impact of what you do is subtle and it's, uh, it, it's unseen, but it's there nonetheless. Boy, this is funny. I'm, I've never, I'm not used to preaching to the choir, you know. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> but, uh, but where was I anyway? <laughs> the impact of, of what we do, it, we may not be able to see it right away, but it's there. It's, it's kind of like a tsunami. You know what a tsunami is? A tsunami is a giant tidal wave that happens in the Pacific Ocean. And, but what causes a tsunami is, is usually an undetectable earthquake, a small earthquake, hundreds of feet below the, earth, the surface of the ocean. Most of the time it can't be felt or measured, but when the earth's crust shifts just a, a, the slightest little bit, it causes some waves on the surface of the ocean. And when the waves start, they usually start relatively small, but they keep going and they move along and along and along, and as they move, they pick up steam and by the time they reach shore, some of them have been known to, to be traveling at, at more than 500 miles an hour and maybe as much as a, a, a hundred feet high. So you see, whether you know it or not, your, your actions are kind of like that. What you do, no matter how insignificant you might think it, it may be, it has an impact on the world around you. And it plays an important role in determining what your legacy is. Second question we need to ask is, how do I do it? You see, it's not just a matter of what you do, but it's also a matter of, of how we do it. How do you do it? How do, you, do you do it with excitement, whatever it is that you're talking about? It. Do you do it with excitement? Do you do it with ambition? Do you, do, do you give it your best or do you just call it in? Do you hurt a lot of people in the process or do you help? You know, a lot of people have built a, a great empire with their lives and they've, 
made a name for themselves. And, and later they were remembered, but many of them were remembered less for what they accomplished and more for the way they accomplished it. I heard a name uh, this past week that I hadn't heard in a while, uh, the name of Leona Helmsley. Uh, some of you remember that name. She died about a year ago, but she's still a, a well-known character. She was a billionaire making loads of money in the real estate market and, and with hotels and things like that. But what she is most known for is her character, her character, her demeanor. Because, you see, her nickname was a well-deserved nickname. They called her the Queen of Mean. The Queen of Mean. Alan Dershowitz said that he once had breakfast with Leona Helmsley at one of the Helmsley hotels. And, and the waiter brought him a cup of tea with a tiny drop of water spilled onto the saucer. And Alan says that Leona grabbed that cup and smashed it to the floor and demanded that, that that waiter get down on his hands and knees and beg for his job. That's the kind of thing she's remembered for. Now, she could have been known for, for the, the great real estate empire that she built. She could have been known for the good that she did in her life. Uh, but, but instead, she's known as the queen of mean. So to, to, to determine your legacy, you need to ask yourself, what do you do and how do you do it? But there's one, one other question, one final question we need, need to ask, and that is, who do I do it for? Now, if we're completely honest with ourselves, when we're talking about our legacy, the answer to that question is usually me. Who do I do it for? Usually it's me. I, I did it for me. I want my legacy to be about me. I wrote my initials in that concrete for me <laughs> because I want to be remembered. But the Bible says that leaving a legacy is about far more than just um, self-promotion. In fact, Jesus says that the more you consciously leave a legacy for yourself, the less impressive your legacy will be. And that's why Jesus says that the one who holds tight to his or her life will lose it. But the one who gives his or her life away for my sake, for God's sake, that person will gain their life, gain real life. That's one of the reasons why Jesus said that, that the greatest among you will be the servant of all and the least among you will be the greatest of all. So you see, to, to determine your legacy, you, you need to ask yourself the question, who am I doing it for? Because in the end, some people are going to leave a, behind a legacy, a good legacy, and some people are going to leave behind a bad, bad legacy. And some people are going to be leaving behind a, a lasting legacy while other people will leave a, behind a temporary legacy. But the Bible says that there are three legacies that are eternal. Three legacies that you and I can leave behind that are guaranteed to last forever. In the passage that I read a moment ago, the Apostle Paul tells us that there are three things that will endure forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. 
These, my friends, are three legacies that will last forever. And the presence of or the absence of these three things in your life will say a lot about determining what your legacy will be. So let's look at these three things for a little bit this morning. The first legacy that we want to leave behind is a legacy of faith. Now, to leave a legacy of faith, we need to allow God to take two actions in our lives. First of all, I need to let God save me. You know, we matter so much to God that God takes the initiative to save us. So many of us go through life running away from God and we don't want anything to do with this thing called faith. And we, so we try to place as much distance between us and God as possible. And we, and we run away from God. And because of that, so many of us live our lives with, with great emptiness. And the more we run away from God, the, the emptier we become in our lives. And the reason why is because we are lacking the number one thing that we need, and that is a relationship with God. But the Bible tells us that God pursues us. We may be running away from God, but God pursues us. The Bible tells us that God is like a, a shepherd with a hundred sheep, and one of those sheep, one of those sheep run, wander off. They take off and go in a different direction. And so the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep to go after that one solitary sheep who is lost. So you see, God takes the initiative to go after us because God loves us. And folks, when God comes into our lives, God fills that emptiness within us. And, and when God comes into our lives, God assures us that we will spend eternity in, in heaven with Him, with God. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good legacy to leave behind. Don't you think? That's the first way to leave a legacy of faith. We need to allow God to save us. But we also need to allow God to send us. To send us. God isn't just going to save you. It doesn't just, it doesn't end there. God also wants to use us to make a difference in the lives of the people around us. You see, a, a, a legacy of faith, faith, hope, and love, remember, a legacy of faith isn't just about what you believe. It's also about what you do. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. In other words, God wants to use you as a beacon of hope and joy for a world that is burdened. God wants to send you into the world with your faith so that you can make the world a better place. Here at Community Baptist Church, we believe in doing that. We believe the scriptures apply to us when, when Jesus told his disciples to share God's love in this city and in our region and in our country and to the, all throughout the world and to the uttermost ends of the world. And that's why we have things like a, an in-town mission trip like we did a couple of months ago, helping people in our community. That's why we're going to build a Habitat house next spring. 
That's why we're going to build, build that Habitat house. And that's why we may be getting up a group of folks. We, we've been talking about it a little bit, and uh, there's some interest there. We may be getting up a, some folks to go to Baton Rouge sometime soon to help some senior citizens there clean up the mess that's left over behind after Hurricane Gustav came through a couple of weeks ago. That's why we went to the Gulf Coast several times a couple of years ago after Katrina came through to help repair the damage there. And that's why we provide such a, a great program like, like Upward Basketball and Cheerleading. It is to, to share the love of God with hundreds of children and their families. So you see, leaving a legacy of faith is not just about what we believe, but it's also about what we do. It's about what we do. And by participating in these kinds of things, we're giving everyone here an opportunity to plug into our mission of being the presence of Christ in the world and leaving a legacy of faith for others. Then we also, we have the legacy of hope. The Bible tells us that we should leave behind a legacy of hope. You know, I think that most of us hope that what we are doing today will make a difference after we're gone in the future. And that's really what the word hope means. Hope means that we are taking action today that may have, may or may not have immediate payoff, but it's going to have payoff down the line in the future. You may have heard this story before. Many years ago, the brother of Alfred Nobel passed away. But because Alfred Nobel was a very famous man, some of the newspaper uh, people got the name confused, and so they actually ran the obituary of Alfred Nobel rather than the obituary for his brother who had died. Um, so you can imagine the surprise that he had that morning waking up and opening up the newspaper and finding his own obituary there. There was his name. There was the name of all of his family members, including his brother who had died earlier that week. Um, and, uh, but, but later in the obituary, it went on to, to tell the story about how this famous inventor, uh, inventor had, um, had mentioned, it mentioned several of the, the inventions that he had made including his most famous invention. Can anybody tell me what it was? Dynamite. And his obituary concluded saying that there was no telling how many countless thousands of people had died because of that invention of dynamite. Well, right then and there, Alfred Nobel decided that he was going to change his legacy. He didn't want to be known as the person who invented something that killed thousands and thousands of people. So he decided to change his legacy and he was going to do something now that would make a difference in the future. And of course he did. He took his fortune and he created a foundation that we now know of as the Nobel Prize. Today, the top award that you can receive for literature or medicine or science or economics or, or even peace is the Nobel Prize. So you see, he was able to transform his legacy. And he was able to leave behind a legacy of hope. And the Bible says that you and I have that same opportunity. You and I can determine what our legacy will be. 
And we can leave behind a legacy of hope by investing what we have now in something that may not pay off until the future. So how do we do this? Let me suggest two ways for you. First of all, we can invest our money in eternity. Now, I'm not going to dwell on this for very long today because I preached a whole sermon on this a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm sure you'll remember every word of it. So, <clears throat> But suffice it to say that Jesus tells us that where our heart is, there our treasure will be also. That's another way of saying we need to put our money where our mouth is. You know? I've often heard that if you truly want to see the, the priorities of a person, just look at that person's checkbook. And the fact is, folks, God ha- it's God who has given any of us any of the money that we have. And, uh, and we can either choose to invest it in something temporary or fleeting. And this past couple of weeks, we just see how, how fleeting it can be. Or we can choose to invest it in something that will last for an eternity. Secondly, we can invest our time in eternity. If we take our cue from Jesus, I think that what this means is that we can invest our time with people. You see, people are created for eternity. We are created for eternity. And so when we invest our time in in our relationships with people, we are really investing our time in eternity. Because the most important legacy that you can leave behind is this. It is the positive impact that that your life has on the people around you. So to leave behind a legacy of faith, you need to let God save you and you need to let God send you. And to leave behind a legacy of hope, you need to invest your time and your money in the future. And then finally, we also need to leave behind a legacy of love. Faith, hope, and love. Of course, love is one of, the, one of the key themes in all of the Bible. And when the Bible talks about love, it almost always links our love for God with our love for each other. So how do we leave this legacy of love? Well, it begins, I think, when we decide that we're going to love people outrageously. In John 13, Jesus said, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. I love that. We should love one another just as God has loved us. And how does God love us? Oh, come on, folks. We covered this last week. Unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. God loves us just as we are, false and all. And then Jesus comes along and says that we are to love others just as God loves us. And then finally, we are to love God completely. But what does that mean to love God completely? Jesus says it this way in Matthew 22, and actually he's quoting from the Old Testament. The greatest commandment, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I think we have a pretty good idea of what it means to love God with all our heart and all of our, our mind. Our heart refers to our emotions and our mind 
refers to our intellect. But what exactly does it mean to love God with all of our soul? The word soul can also be translated as your entire being. All that you are. Everything that makes you, you. We are to love God with all of our soul by giving God all that we are. And that's what it means to love God completely. You see, what we have been talking about in this series on God in the workplace is about allowing God to permeate our life even at work. It's about allowing God to, to be present in our, in our jobs. And in reality, if we love God with our entire being, we will allow the presence of God to permeate everything that we do. Every area of our lives, not just here at church, and not just at work, but everywhere. You know, it's our tendency to, to relegate our spirituality to one little corner of our lives, and it doesn't intersect with anything else. But that's not the way it ought to be. We tend to think of our lives as, as a, one big pie chart. Yeah, you've seen those pie charts, haven't you? You know, with the different colors, different sections of the pie there. And we, we tend to think of our lives in that way, and we divide up our lives into different pieces. We have the, this piece over here is our work piece, and then we have the piece next to it that's our relationship. We have this piece that's the fun piece, and we have that, rela- uh, that piece that has to do with our friendships. We have our hobby piece there. And we like to carve out this little section of the pie and say, God, this is going to be your piece. This is going to be your part of my life. That's what we want to do. But you know what? That's not what God asked for us to do. Jesus taught us that our faith should permeate every single piece of our pie. It should permeate not only our work life, but also our family life and our play life and our relational life and our hobbies and our money and all of the pieces of our pie. And when you seek to let God be a part of your entire life, that's what it means to love God with all of your soul. That's when you really say, God, everything that I do, I do to bring glory to you. I do because I want to out of love for you. And that's why I want to finish up with this last verse of Scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And I think this Scripture encapsulates everything that we have taught in this series and everything we've been talking about today about leaving behind this legacy of faith, hope, and love. We have it up here on the screen. I know you choir folks have to crane your neck a little bit, but let's, let's look at that just a minute. And I want us to read that out loud. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Will you decide that you're going to do that today? Will you decide that you're going to live your entire life for the glory of God? Will you decide that you're going to leave behind the legacy of faith and hope and love for the glory of God? It is my prayer that that will be all of our prayers. 
I will love the Lord my God with all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my soul. That everything about me I will use for the glory of God. Is that your prayer today? Then I hope you'll make that your commitment today. Let's pray. Oh God, as best as we can understand it, we just want to say yes to you today. We want to become a true follower of Jesus Christ and not just an admirer. We thank you for sending Christ to save us and for sending us to be a blessing to others. We pray that you would help us, oh God, to grow and to to learn more and more about you and about how to live the life that that you've called us to live. Help us to become all that you have created us to be. As best we know, O God, we say yes to you, to following you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment, number 287, Take My Life and Lead Me, Lord. There may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ today. There may be someone here today who's um, put your life into different compartments. And maybe you have that spiritual life. Maybe you've, you have that spirituality in your life, but it's just kind of this little corner that you give to God on Sunday morning. Well, God wants all of your life. God wants your life not only on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday as well. God wants all of your life. God wants to be an influence in everything that we do. Everything that we do. And I hope that you will make that commitment to make that a reality in your life today. We're going to sing this hymn of commitment. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come. I guess right here is fine. And um, we'd like to uh, uh, pray with you and share with you. If you need to make a commitment to Christ today, we invite you to do that. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to come and unite with our church. Or perhaps you just need a word of prayer. We invite you to do that as well. Would you come as we sing together? Oh God, it is the prayer of our hearts that 
you would make our lives useful for you. Take our lives, O God. Use us. Lead us. Make us useful. Make our lives, O Lord, such a life that we would leave behind a legacy of faith and hope and love. A legacy that has a lasting impact on our world and especially upon the people who are closest to us, those who know us and love us best. Help us, O oh God, not only to compartmentalize our lives, but to open it up, to open you up to every area of our lives. Open every area of our lives up to you.